All right, welcome to Screaming Bloody Oranges, the Invisible Oranges podcast about all things heavy metal. Um, on this episode, we're going to be talking 2021, uh, looking forward to a, a new year to follow what I think many have come to agree has been a pretty awful one, 2020. Um, I think as far as heavy metal goes, um, while we had a huge slew of great releases 2020, I think 2021 is a year that offers promise and continued growth and let's say exponentially more growth than perhaps in the past due to coronavirus. So um, with the hopes of a vaccine and falling rates of infection uh, on the horizon, now that it's still probably a while away and let's not say 2021 is going to bring us all the cures to all the problems that we have, including coronavirus. But the idea is that it will be a step forward, a step, I guess, beyond and ahead of the pandemic, um, more so than what 2020 has been. Um, as far as heavy metal goes, that just means we're discussing the possibility of shows happening again, which is a huge part of the industry. Um, and we're also discussing uh, the possibility of uh, bands being able to better focus on writing material and and release and sell it uh, to, to people who eventually go out to shows and spend money. Um, so that the market and the economy of 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 heavy metal is kind of at play in this conversation too uh so um with that said uh let's just open it up uh we have with me andrew rothman editor-in-chief we have joe april hey joe hey everybody hey hey we have ted newble hey ted hey and we got langdon how's it going langdon i'm not the joker anymore i'm the buddha now <laughs> oh <laughs> We need it. Uh, 2021 needs Buddha energy, uh, yeah, less so, Joker energy. <laughs> yeah, since last um, time I achieved enlightenment. Exactly. It's very Nietzschean, through going up, through going under. <laughs> through going over, I went under, or I went over, yeah. As above, so below. <laughs> yep. Hey, so as far as like the heavy metal economy goes, as far as shows go, um, that's a big thing, 2021, right? Before we talk about like what we're looking forward to as far as albums, like what are we really looking forward to? And let's let's keep the grain of salt on the table that says like, hey, we don't know shit yet. Things might not be getting better as soon as we'd like or as soon as we'd hope. But just hoping for that slight upswing, like Psycho Vegas is on the calendar. And I know, Joe, you're on the you're on the uh, you're on the no for uh, a couple of festivals in Europe that are I think planned this year or sorry, 2021. I guess when people hear this, it'll be 2021 uh, if we make it. Um, but yeah. Those shows are might happen. I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I see updates from um, the main one that I was supposed to go to this year, and you know, my fingers are still crossed. May happen next year is Beyond the Gates, which had a ridiculous lineup. Um, as it's funny because before Merciful Fate got announced for Psycho, that was kind of the big. The biggest reason why I wanted to go was because they were like, oh, Merciful Fate's going to play, and we're going to have them play in Grieg Hallen, which is like the orchestra building where we, you know, the legendary black metal bands recorded. I was like, yeah, I got to I got to be there. Got to be there for that. Um, and then on top of it, they're like, well, why don't we get Mayhem and Enslaved and all these bands that actually recorded there to play their classics. So it's, it's, it's a pretty nice lineup. And I've been there a few times, and I love that city. But yeah, it, uh, trepidation, and I'm kind of at like 50-50 of like, is it going to happen? And, right. and it's sort of the same, because that will be early August, and Psycho Vegas is, I guess, mid to late, late August. In August, in general, just sort of feels like, like it's pushing I would, it. Yeah, like I was talking with some people on a uh, a group chat about um, Psycho, and it, it feels like it could happen, but it also feels maybe a little too optimistic. Like if it got pushed to September or October, it would feel a little more comfortably like, yeah, this could happen. Yeah. Um, but you know, but it's I, hard to say. Yeah, it's you it really know. Is the vaccines have only just now rolled out. We don't quite know how that's going to go. Yeah. It's December 20th when we're recording this, by the way, is for listeners who need the context, I yeah. probably release this early 2021. Um, but I, another a flip side of the coin to the big festivals and stuff, which I think my opinion is that they're trying, they they're, they're hoping they want to be right on the nail when things are able to open. They want to already have all that planning done so that they can 
they can make that simultaneous. Like yeah. shows are allowed to happen again in that capacity. And then boom, they're already right there on the calendar. Um, but that's such a tricky analysis to make. Like, how do you really predict if it's going to be at that time? It's, and, and then what I really mentioned on the flip side is we have local shows. You've got shows that <laughs> happen off the record on in the basement and stuff that have been put off like the DIY scene. And you have shows at, at regular size venues throughout major cities and even smaller, medium ones, wherever shows that you pay 10 bucks, you get in. Um, those are important because not only do they generate what little finances the metal industry survives off of on that level, but they also are the cultural hotbed. That's like where communication happens. That's where, that's where people, you know, talk to each other about heavy metal. And they, that's one big hotbed of, of, interaction in the scene um that we've been missing for an entire year i think it's important to think about like I mean, it's how also much that where, means yeah it's it, it's also worth keeping in mind that no matter um and again sometimes we get like uh like a napoleonic syndrome in the heavy metal world where we look up at certain bands as like oh they're huge and then you look at their actual finances or things like that and it's like <laughs> uh, not really um but even within that scope uh like baroness was playing venues of that size of like 10 to 15 door charge uh for blue record so like this was around the time that they were exploding on paper they were still playing those kinds of venues um death heaven was still <laughs> playing them uh decently into the new it was in the new bermuda tour that things sort of blew up in a certain way so like every band smaller than them because of that means that like those are the places where you would go see them like that's that's where mastodon was playing for exactly for, you know, yeah. tons and tons of records that's where that's where most death metal happens like uh death metal graduating above that kind of circuit or like touring black metal touring above that Actually, let me take that back. If you're a black metal band and you can tour, you've already graduated above like 80% of black metal bands. <laughs> Probably so, more than that. Yeah. Gaining. Yeah. So like, gain, and I, I don't mean that as a knock. I mean that to say that access to those places really is, as you were saying, like the engine of. Exactly. Like of those groups. And there's also like, it, it really can't take away. um the amount of artists that have brought up that as much as uh, the touring life is hyperbolically brutal. There, there's no artist in the world who's going to say that they're happy with the way the economic life of a touring band. Right. Um, or the economics of recording in the 21st century. Um, regardless of how bad it is, though, however, having one entire sector just removed. For good reason, but still removed yeah. has been like... We've seen waves of bands literally just break up because they have ongoing costs that they suddenly can't meet. Right. And like, we're really not going to see the long tail effect of that until a couple of years from now. So yeah, yeah, the, the idea that we even might see it by the end of 2021 is still, we, because of that, we don't know how many bands that's going to save. Right. Right. Ted, you've always kept a ear to the ground in Chicago and I, because you have a history of covering local stuff here, uh, but also because right before coronavirus, we were planning on shooting shows and doing live coverage yeah. together and like creating content around both the local scene, but also <laughs> the live scene, like the scene there as it lives at, at a show. Um, but now that that's been gone for what has it been? Nine months, eight, nine, ten 10 months, something like that. It's like, I don't know. What's your, reflections thoughts yeah i think uh in chicago um i don't think anyone really has a great picture of what things are going to look like next year i think we we're kind of everyone had said their so their sights on things coming back to normal right around now and since that didn't happen they're kind of like fuck it just push it off another year uh like for example we had this um like it wasn't called Saver Stages, but something like that that was planned to be yeah. like a save local rock kind of like thing. Like four venues around here, like Livewire Lounge, Cobra Lounge, I think. A couple others were going to do shows like right around now. And that event came around like December 5th. Everyone looks at like the Facebook event and it's like, oh, yeah, no, never mind. <laughs> Ignore that. Yeah. Um, so I really haven't heard anything about festivals in Chicago yet for next year. I think um, we're kind of like listening to see what like other places are doing first you know we have a couple that are kind of metal focused like i guess that open air one that's usually around 
uh, September. So that might happen, but really, I think no that word. I think that's technically still on the calendar. But yeah. whether it happens, we don't know. But yeah, yeah, and local shows like we've had local shows here and there, but they're the type that's like, no, I'm not going. Nope, nope. Right. I think some bars out in the suburbs have gotten yeah. away with having live music, and yeah. I don't know what they've done about distancing or crowd capacity but it's not something that me personally i'm like rushing out to see (laughs) two options it's basically Uh, it's either it's like super hyper local bands that don't have enough fans to create a like you know a situation where it would possibly be an issue or it's cover bands in which case i ain't going so fuck it (laughs) yeah yep so i mean so like i don't want to i don't want to bog things down because i know we want to talk about a lot of the albums and heavy metal and beyond coming out next year. Uh, but I did want to just give like, just that, that thought to like how much of an impact like this pandemic has had on the scene and community. Like there's the financial side where bands a either can't make the money they you're used to making or B can't get started making money when they potentially could have. And then you have the issue of, uh, of course the scene not being able to have its space to to grow with people interacting and being at shows and socializing um and we've all sort of moved online a lot maybe in ways that we wouldn't have then or maybe would have taken much longer to get to so um with that said i it, it the, you know the engine still churns forward and like there's still plenty of music coming out now and has been over the summer but in 2021 and um we've sort of perused a, like kind of a hot list of bands that I think have PR'd at least the upcoming release of theirs. Uh, but we also have some insight also into other bands that uh, we expect releases from, or that would be really cool to have releases from. So we'll, we'll cover the gamut. Um, Joe, let's start with you. Like what's, what's the big one. And I, we've talked, we talked about this before we hit record, but say it again. What's the big one? Yeah. Uh, well, the, um, Almost not sure which which you mean because we were talking about a few. <laughs> but oh, uh, uh, the well, one Langdon uh, tweeted about, uh, I know and now one. he's scared of ice. <laughs> well, yeah, I think oh. the, the earliest and most antest the earliest highly anticipated album, which is pretty well slated to come out, is the Frozen Soul debut album, which I think is January eighth. Mm. Um, oh my god, I'm so fucking pumped! Yeah, it's. <laughs> It's funny too because, like, I think when we were talking about like favorites of the year, like, I think maybe off recording, I mentioned just how this wasn't exactly my favorite year for death metal. Mm. And it's just like, just that album alone has just got me kind of pumped up for next year. I'm just like, oh man, you know, hopefully this is just a taste of what's to come. I mean, a good, a good taste, but. I'll let your uh, your bad opinion there slide because of the the benefit of Frozen Soul. Thank you, Frozen Soul. This is a beautiful like, year, death metal. Keep on winning. I do like the PR ballsiness of releasing an album like super early January because yeah. it's like it's you got to be good. But I think if you're good enough, and they I think they are, that makes a statement. It's like uh, welcome to 2021. Bam, there it is, and it's like which, starting which, off strong. Well, we have. Yeah. We have another we have another huge band dropping mm-hmm. a record in January that definitely is like a like a <laughs> I have no other terms for it like a dick on the table PR move of like <laughs> top this mm-hmm. uh, of of the new tribulation record. Yep, knew exactly you were going to say that one. Like like that that was the one that I thought you were talking about was was the big record, Andrew. Um, because mm. like at least for me, they've been hands down my favorite contemporary band since at least 2015 maybe a little bit before then um and we've we've all heard the record i'm not gonna say too much because they're in the midst of the pr rollout for it um but it's uh exactly as good as i wanted i don't like it's it's exactly what i want from the third record of this iteration of tribulation yeah it's um you know, it's and it's going to be interesting because uh, obviously uh, Jonathan, one of the main songwriters and guitarists of the band, has already announced his departure from the band. Um, so yeah. the band's in very interesting place. I mean, they've already found a replacement, which uh, name escapes me at the moment, but I know he's the former guitarist and songwriter for Enforcer, which is sort of a Swedish traditional metal band and I, I know he's been in a bunch of other stuff as well so 
Um, where they go, you know, when they go back to recording in a year or two will be very fascinating because in a way this album is going to be viewed as the end of a particular era for the band, I right. think. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't think they can really escape that, that view. I mean, they, they more, the rest of the band more than has the capability to still produce some absolutely fucking stellar material. Oh, yeah. Like they're, they're a, they're a top notch band all across, but yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be, um, a big shift that's going to, and it's weird. It's that that kind of death consciousness for their music specifically seems like it more adds something rather than detracts mm-hmm. from it, which you know wouldn't necessarily be the case with other bands. But yeah, God, I'm stoked to more see how other people react. I've been listening to the promo of that album literally every day since I got it. <coughs> been listening to it quite a bit. I, straight up, I can't imagine what's going to top it for for my and I can probably it's December 2020 and I can tell you what my album of the year for 2021 <laughs> is. Well, Ted, well, Andrew, all these people mad at the idea that getting PR can screw you. Uh, oh yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's it's bizarre when it's like there's a band like even like you got into like Tribulations that for me like I remember getting into them when the first album yeah. what was it the horror came out and yeah you know I love being able to see it's always fun to get into a band very early on see their progress kind of see fans glob onto them and you know some people that say oh you know they sold out they got more fans but you know it's it's like seeing your child grow up and get friends and be successful and you're like just got the, your heart pounding with joy uh not that tribulation or my child <laughs> right yeah no I mean I, I I feel you that that's the most exciting part about art in a certain way for me is like first you have that personal experience but then you get to watch mm-hmm. how artists evolve over time and like that's that's the beauty of art is that 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 ever shifting yeah. thing and especially a band like tribulation becoming as big as they are now like that's it's like my wet dream because it's like oh they mix like goth and prog rock and death metal but like prog rock prog rock not like you know techie but like we sound like Genesis prog rock. Yes. And I'm like, what the yeah. f- no, it's, it's How is very, this popular? It's, it's made 70s. for me, but people like it? What the fuck? Like, uh, yeah, no, it's, well, and I think one of the joys in metal, and it's always been the case for me, and, you know, sometimes you can be a bit, you know, in general, you, the general you, all of us, it can be a bit overzealous about it, but, you know, getting other people into music that you really like, there's just such a joy yeah. to that. And... You know, to to see someone finally be able to relate to something that means so much to you. Um, so, Tribulation is definitely a good example of that, where mm. their profile has definitely gotten bigger since you know, probably the, what was their first time playing the states in like 2013 or, or so. Yeah, from uh, Formulas mm-hmm. of Death, um, which I think was the first time I saw them. That was the first time I saw them too. I I I've told this story before, but I had literally forgotten about them between the horror and then because I liked the horror. It was a good record, but I just you know there were lots of good records. And then yeah, I saw mm-hmm. them opening for Watain with In Solitude and yeah. yep, an, an instance where like I liked the headliner, but the two openers, I was just like, what in the fuck? No one had told me about In Solitude prior to that. That was the first time I'd heard of the band, and it's them touring for Sister. Yeah, and, and I'm just like, <gasps> in the ironic thing is, as much as I love Tribulation in Solitude, you know, which is all the more tragic given how they broke up right after Sister. But I mean, that album is yeah. probably, you know, would be one of my favorites of the last decade. Like they, you know, I I adore that band I maybe even more that. than Tribulation. And, you know, I've got my fingers crossed, just like, come on, guys, get bored. And like, hey, do you want to record again? Or, hey, do you want to? Like, I'm just like, please, 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 please get back together. (laughs) I mean, on that note, since we brought up Tribulation and um, since we brought up Tribulation and Solitude, the uh, the quiet Mm -hmm. third of that trinity um, that's that's substantially bigger than the other two is Ghost, who are Mm -hmm. uh, rumored to have a new album coming out next year. It's at least been in the works. Um, it, it could I don't be, know if it's, it's possible. confirmed yet. It's, if it happened, it wouldn't yeah. be like, whoa, that's surprising. <laughs> well, so, yeah. we've, we've gotten enough updates that it's, yeah. that there's implication that like later in 2021, mm-hmm. we may see that. It definitely is very likely within the next 12 months. Mm-hmm. Also, partly just because their last record was a little over a year ago now. Um, the, um, 
I mean, you know, the the funny thing is there really is no banding, even really some bands that put out stuff in 2020. There's no band I'm going to be terribly surprised to suddenly drop an album in 2021 because it's like, yeah, given the lockdown and right. how for a lot of people that's been staying at home and for musicians, plenty of time to record with sometimes little distraction, um, sometimes. Um, yeah, I'm just not going to be that surprised if anyone drops it. Um, so It's almost like this coronavirus yeah, like, context has almost opened up like, hey, once things start going on the upswing, which hopefully they do, and like mm-hmm. people start generally vibing with the lower uh, infection rates and everything, and let's hope yeah. for that good news. Um, I think it's almost like let let's like do it, and like even if we release an album last year, let's release another one if we have the ability, the time, and the the interest. Like it won't look weird PR wise. It won't be like oh they're they're releasing too much. I don't who the fuck complains about bands who release too much music. I mean, I know a couple eh, artists sometimes. on Bandcamp well, release no. like albums every couple <laughs> months. I'm I was like, gonna say, keep feeding it to me. Let me, <laughs> let, let, let me rephrase that. How how many how many Merit Spell records do you listen to every year? Because there's a lot every year. Um, granted, some of them are great, um, but. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, we actually have we have two ba- two bands on the list that have explicitly said that that's exactly the reason why we're seeing new music from them so quickly. That being um, Iron Maiden, um, who Bruce Dickinson offered an update, who said basically they had big touring plans for this year, obviously, because um, they always have big touring plans. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you're hard pressed to find a year that they don't have a like a a crazy stage show that they're working on. Um, but because they couldn't do that, they were like, we have six members of the band all of whom write so you know we just got to it um and similar to them uh there have been similar updates from the dream theater camp about which i know i'm the only one who cares about so don't worry i'm not going to ramble about that one but i'm excited <laughs> fuck you um, i'm semi-excited everyone's I, excited their latest Ryan, album though. really really shook my opinion about that band um yeah that that's that's what i was gonna say yeah. is that i had definitely the first couple records with mangini felt like they both weren't using him like they weren't really in a groove but yeah this past one and especially the past live record that really showed them like Mm. digging into it that past live record they put out recently is one of the best things i've heard i am excited for dream 30 2021 i am well uh but i mean obviously everyone's excited for iron maiden yes clear otherwise go to hell Uh, like fuck you but but ted ted (laughs) is there anything that's been on your radar that's kind of glowing red hot yeah, I mean, I think I don't really understand why the new King Diamond album isn't out yet. So if that could come out in twenty twenty one. That would be great. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit! I forgot they finished recording. Yeah, that, that was. One. <laughs> I think that was supposed to come out in twenty twenty. So that's a delayed one. Um, and yeah, there hasn't been much PR talk about it. But yeah, I think that's. Yeah, that's coming. They either finished recording it or they did that thing where they record a single, but not the whole album, which is like an unforgivable sin. So I'm not sure which uh, at this point. <laughs> But yeah, I thought the single um, was pretty good. So like, oh, we yeah. want to see where that goes, you know? I mean, you know, uh, in terms of seeing live bands, I mean, the greatest cock block of 2020 is Merciful Fate not getting to play live. Like, I mean, I, God damn it. I've been waiting almost two decades to see that. Um, I, is it? No, so I, I have a question about the uh, the Merciful Fate live uh, live lineup because is it still uh, Sherman and uh, I forget the other guy's name? Well, I feel terrible. Uh, Denner now. wasn't invited. Um, what? What? No. <laughs> Why would I want to see? I could just see King Diamond. What? I'm going to well, see King Diamond and one of the well, guitarists. Well, I, mean, I, I mean, Sherman. It, well, I mean, I think again. I, you know, oddly enough, there was an interview with Denner recently. I, I haven't read it yet. So I'm curious to see what he has to say. Cause at the time he was being very kind of cordial about it. Um, I mean, he seemed like he was kind of ticked, but it seems like there's some. I know that, I know that yeah. he and, uh, he and, uh, King. I forget King Diamond's actual oh, name. Kim? Not King Isn't Diamond, but Kim whatever. I, uh, I think so. Yeah. yeah I know that. I know that those two have had some struggles in the past over like creative direction and control of the group. Well, also, you know, when Merciful Fate got back together in the nineties, I think Denner was only there for the first two or three albums. So he left it, you know, he's certainly not on the last two. So it might be something lingering with that where Kim, you know, King was just like, Hey, you know, you 
you didn't want to stick around, so why why should we invite you? Who knows? Uh, I, I'm still excited to see I'm it. I'm just, just bummed because that Denner and uh, what was it? Um, Denner and Sherman put out a uh, a really killer like co-build record. Um, I think two years ago now, called literally just like Sherman Denner. Um, that got slept on, but um, really solid record. I mean, it's like it sounded like Merciful Fate if there was a different. I, I actually <laughs> admittedly a big hill to climb, but well, it, was, it was the guy, wasn't it? The guy, I don't think it was a singer from Jack Panzer, um, but it was someone from like the Colorado scene. I forget who, um, but uh, funny enough, I actually saw them live, um, not last year, but yeah, again, like a year or two before that in Norway at the beyond the gates, they were one of the bands that played like second to last. Uh, I think, maybe right before enslaved i think um and it was good it was really good and they played a couple of merciful fate songs which admittedly like their new material their audience was like oh, okay well this is nice and then you know <laughs> merciful fate plays and i was like ah <laughs> Uh, although it's funny, like I always talk about this, like it's very, very hard to get Norwegians to move at a, um, or really Scandinavians in general to move at a concert. I've it's, heard, I've heard similar feedback from a couple artists I've interviewed, at least broaching the subject of like crowd differences in different countries. And it's like, they're a little stoic. <laughs> the band, the band either has to directly ask the crowd to like open a mosh pit or it has to be like old school death metal. Like I've been like in front of like origin pretty much got a mosh pit. Obituary did napalm death did. Um, but yeah, for it, but then satiricon like had to ask the crowd, like, I want to see a giant mosh pit, open it up now. And yeah, <laughs> they, they did. Um, um, and the only other time where I've seen it kind of spontaneously happen, which I, I mentioned in the interview with him, it was uh, Midnight, um, which was last year at Beyond the Gates. And yeah, that was that was great because, you know, it kind of warmed my heart, like an American band. Like they were the only American band playing, I think, that year. And mm. for them to just spontaneously open people going crazy, I was like, fuck yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Hey, other bands that we have kind of upcoming on our radar, at least when I'm, I'm looking at our little hot list here, well, bands one, that stick out to me. Oh, right, go for it. Yeah. Well, well, one that's not on the list, but they announced on their social media uh, that they're definitely recording and looking to have it out by 2021 is uh, New Dark Throne, which oh, I'm oh, super oh, shit. pumped for because uh, the last mm. album, Old Star, I, I really enjoyed. Really enjoyed mm-hmm. that one. Same. I... Yeah, I, I, I was I was iffy on Arctic Thunder. Like it was a bad Same. record, but I thought that after, um, yeah. and then yeah, they uh, it Old Star I think ruled for me because it read like they were like let's make a sequel to the Underground Resistance, something <laughs> that seemingly Langdon alone wants most of all. <laughs> well, I kind of feel like it. It, it was weird because like you know Arctic Thunder felt like kind of a departure from the from Underground Resistance and Circle the Wagons, which I, I pair those two albums very closely together um and then like old star kind of closer to like plague wielder or something um which which i don't mind i think plague uh arctic thunder felt closer to plague wielder which i don't mind i like plague wielder i think it's underrated but well fenris said arctic thunder was going to be more kind of a doom metal album um like which that was not true (laughs) that was a black metal album yeah. Well, I mean, he compared it, I think, with the Chicago band Dream Death. I think he was saying like that was a big influence for him when he was recording it. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not the biggest fan of Arctic Thunder, and I kind of feel like Old Star is sort of like the in-between of Underground and Arctic Thunder. Like It, it kind of takes a little bit of both, and, it, and what I was missing from it is enough there that I really do enjoy Old Star. Like it, I'd, I'd put it as one of my more yeah. favorite Dark Throne albums, so... I'm very curious to see where they go with the next one. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> they always seem to throw in some sort of curveball, whether it's disappointing or exciting, but it's, it's something unexpected. Yeah. I mean, F- F- Fenris posts pretty prolifically about music that he listens to and he does oh, DJing yeah. as well. And like the electronic music he's been listening to and DJing is like some really cutting edge, like dope shit. And then also like mm. Chicago, like Chicago, uh, house and techno and stuff like mm-hmm. that it's really really exciting to see uh and then the stuff that he and uh what is it not demon as that's from immortal 
the the other guy, the <laughs> other guy of Dark Throne. Oh well, yeah, he's well. And speaking of that, I do think because I've seen updates. Of yeah, them there recording. we go. He's in uh, he's in Sark. Um, and I, yeah, they're recording already, so I think that's going to be an album coming out. And I've really enjoyed their last few, um, so that'll be nice. Yeah, that was that's the um, closest I've ever gotten to seeing Dark Throne live because Sark with Nocturnal Culto played at Maryland Death Fest, and they did a at the end they did um, Celtic Frost cover, and they did um, Dark Throne's Too Old Too Cold. And I, I went absolutely apeshit when that happened. That rules. Andrew, what what you got? What you looking at? I'm looking at, <clears throat> excuse me, what pops out at me. Um, sort of like with a little bit of, a little bit of like baited anticipation. It's mm. like Wolves in the Throne Room. Like Thrice Woven was... I was really excited for it, and I uh, the first time I listened to it, I thought it was really good. And the more I listened to it, the more I realized that it was my least often listened to Wolves in the Throne Room album. Um, and while I still think it's good, I'm like I wondering if had the opposite gonna, happen to me. You you really like it's a good album. Like I don't want to discount that, but well, uh, it, I well what I, I mean like that, what I mean is that yeah. like I lit- I went from not really liking it i was like this is kind of bland this reminds me of black cascades probably my least mm-hmm. favorite and i was like or whatever gotcha i see i don't even remember the name of that one i was like yeah but over time it it wormed its way into my head as like a really it's it's closer to neurosis for me than really the rest of their work and i'm gotcha. never gonna say no to neurosis never mm-hmm. i love that band that. But, i i felt like but yeah i definitely yeah. i still lean more uh diadem and two hunters I think yeah diadem I think is diadem I think is the peak wolves like that's that's the first one you should listen to and that's probably going to end up being most people's favorites I I actually quite like Black Cascade Um, uh, even though I could see why maybe some people it's not their favorite and then two hunters off I I see underground people mention that a lot I see that like everyone's like if you want the cool uh, a favorite wolves album it's two hunters (laughs) it's not diadem that record's baller they're both great it's a baller record yeah they're awesome, it's, awesome, I, and they put I on do, a great show too. And there's that too. So, well, yeah, the, I the have funny, to see them back. Yeah, the the funny. I had kind of a complicated relationship with Wolves in that I really enjoyed the first two albums, and I think it was around Black Cascade I saw them live, and I was really disappointed. Like, I don't know if it was just the venue or just the way they were set up in relation to the crowd, but it just didn't really get me. That's fine. Um, I've had two live Wolves experiences. The first one is exceptional. I would say up my mm-hmm. top ten favorite shows, and the second one was I would I well, would say it was all right. Yeah, and and then <laughs> when they <laughs> when they started the touring run for Thrice, I saw them mm-hmm. twice. Uh, once at Psycho Vegas, and then I saw them uh, opening. Right. I think for the Decibel tour with Enslaved, and both of those times were exceptionally good. And, and part of it yeah. was the band was fuller like the first time i saw them they were a three piece and recently now they've been like having three guitarists and then like Mm -hmm. a keyboardist kind of percussionist ambient sound type person and it really just helps the sound just feel bigger more full Um, they benefit from that greatly as much noise as they can make that really fills them out i think yeah and and thrice as an album every band should have three guitars (laughs) sometimes that helps but i'm right Um, but, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, well, thrice just, I felt like the production on it turned me off a little bit cause the guitars were just a little too tinny, a little too mm. thin. Uh, um, it sounded and, good. It sounded good. Yeah. But, but then uh, live, that's not what it sounded like at all. Cause again, no, they, they don't sound like that live. Yeah. Sound. They sound like more like diadem. They sound like more like their early recordings live than they do yeah. thrice. Maybe. Maybe that's a criticism against it. Maybe it was too produced. Um, I don't know. Ted, don't do, know. Do, do you have any thoughts on that? Or is there any other black metal that you're uh, interested in coming out? Uh, no, it's just probably sign aid will start thinking more in black metal. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, hmm. just, just, no. just ask John. He'll <laughs> give you a, a list yeah. you'll never, never, never finish. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> The other band I was looking forward to, where is that? With Falls of Rauros. Am I pronouncing that right? I've, I'd never know if I'm pronouncing it. Rauros. Rauros. Falls of Rauros. Rauros. 
It's like when you're talking to your dog. Falls Thanks, of Falls of Roro. That the, the nomenclatural comedy aside, um, that band rules. Uh, they they released uh, an incredible album. I think it was 2018. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I'm excited to see what they do next because that album was so good. I'm almost like ah, you're really gonna, you're gonna have to do something different um, to be. I think just I as annoyed good. Yeah. Adam from uh, from Gilead because I reviewed literally every Gilead release in 2018, and all of them were great. It's it's his fault for exclusively putting out really great records. But um, <laughs> at a certain point, it's like Langdon, stop adding me, shut the fuck up. And I'm like, no, Falls Auroros, <laughs> amazing, amazing record. It's like you say that about all of them. It's like because they're all so good adam they're all so good <laughs> like what a label mm-hmm. well um it, and so yeah i'm stoked for them yeah. ted you know because because i, I want to hear you on some of this um you know obviously you're more of a doom and stoner guy so is there anything in that realm um, uh, high on fire i was gonna ask you about ted i saw them at dark lord day and i'm not a big high on fire fan but they're they put on a good show they were entertaining what, as hell. What? 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 How are How are you not a big high on fire guy? You've seen just, Matt Pike play, and you're not mm-hmm. a big high on fire guy. I'm just not the biggest high on fire guy. I just don't listen to their I, albums very often. Yeah, that makes no sense. I mean, live um, it's cool. I do smoke a lot of weed, but <laughs> <laughs> there is a big difference between like live high on fire and like album high on fire, and that's gotten that's bigger and bigger at. over the years. Not that like it's still a really good show, and the music is good, but like I don't know. I was kind of there for like 10,000 days and then, you know, death of this communion. And then since then it's been like, okay, neat. This album's a concept album about Jesus's twin or something going through space or some <laughs> shit. That was a uh, in Vermis mysterious or whatever. And it's like, okay, so now it's just, now it's just straight up getting weird. And I, I don't know. I, I will definitely listen to it, but yeah, like the last album, I can't remember the name. I, nah, it bounced right off me. Really? Yeah. That was 2019 though, right? That was in 2020. The, um, wait yeah they're, they're luminiferous that was that was on what was yeah the i think that was one i'm not sure um gotta, but i i have to concur Messiah, that. that's the one yeah there yeah, we go I, I i think they're yeah they're they're a live band that'll usually thoroughly enjoy but um keeping up with the newer albums it's sort of like kind of in yeah. a way like that's like a monomarth with me like yeah it's been a while since i've really like grasp onto one of their arms, especially compared to anything that came out in the two thousands. Like mm-hmm. I just, both of those bands, I feel like studio wise, that was the golden era. That um, is a good distinction. And I think for the whole coronavirus 2020 year of bullshit, <laughs> um, <laughs> the fact that we didn't get to see shows means that there are bands out there that like, I think everyone has that band or a couple bands or maybe even more where it's like, I don't really listen to their albums, but if they're coming through town, I'm going to go see their show. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't listen to a ton of Ramstein albums like I used to, but I just don't listen to Ramstein anymore. But if they uh-huh. come through town, I'm first in line. Like, uh, there's a million bands that I can name, but I'm saying we yeah. don't have, without shows, we don't have that access to that that side of the, yep. that way of experiencing music. So, yeah. it is a loss. Um, yes. Yeah. Couple things that I do. Yeah, I don't listen to many High on Fire albums, but like live, I was like, I was, I was feeling it. And I, I, Dark Lord Day, they were a perfect band for that. It was was awesome. It was awesome down there. Um, Three Floyds. So rest in peace, Three Floyds, the brew pub that closed it down. Bummer. Yeah. 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 Uh, on the Doom side, though, I'd say I Hate God. That's going to be good. Actually, Mm. I could listen to it right now. I haven't yet, but like, yeah. Oh, you got the promo? Um, Jealous. So. Yeah, <laughs> and then uh, the other one would probably be uh, just lost the name. Oh right, uh, there's a split between Sixteen and um, an Italian band called Grime coming out, and there's like a million Grimes, so it's gonna be hard to find that one. But we premiered a track <laughs> from it already on the Grime side, but the Sixteen side is sweet, so no one's really heard that yet. Um, mm. That's good mm. stuff. And like you know, the Dream Squatcher album from last year or this year, I should say, that was really good. So it's just kind of more of the same there, but you know, more Sixteen is always good. It was really hard to search up band names too. Actually, just really kind of a tough one to talk about in words, but it's like dash 16 dash. But yeah. <laughs> yes. 16 and grime. It's like, damn, that's going to be a hard one to Google. <laughs> <laughs> one of my, one of my favorites, uh, speaking of doom, although, you know, a very particular type of doom, you know, they were my second favorite in 2019 and obviously didn't get to see them perform live anywhere. Um, you know, this year was a Crip Sermon. 
So mm. curious if a if if they're going to have new material that they'll just kind of drop, or if um, you know there'll be the opportunity to see them live because yeah, that's yeah probably one of my more favorite doom metal bands these days. How are you guys feeling on the post metal front? I see Cult of Luna and I see uh, Amin Ra. Um, uh, I'm a huge post metal guy. I never stop. Yeah. Everyone was wrong to <laughs> abandon the ship, but then you know, but then people came back. That Nug record dropped this past that album's year awesome. Ivan was all over that. I'm so happy he was because it's really good. Uh, mm-hmm. The Ocean and, uh, released fantastic yeah. music this year. Um, I'm just damn. sitting here like I knew you'd come back, and you, I knew it. <laughs> Sumac starts becoming a critical darling. I'm like, you fools. I've always been here. Aaron Turner, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> the big one next year, Cult of Luna. That's going to be, yeah, I'm excited. That's going to be cool. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm They've been with, on a real hot yeah. streak since Vertical, um, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yep. Like, they add, the Julie I, Christmas all the records are good. And... That Julie yeah. Christmas album is fantastic. Mariner. Yeah, that, um, Mariner that is, is one a of the really, best metal man, that's, records of the past decade. That, that's that, one, that one worths being in consideration for a, a decade album, like a top album of yeah. a decade. Cons- I, I'm not going to call it now or anything. I'm saying consider that one. You think about the yeah. last decade. Yeah. God, it's I good. mean, I was, I was just saying the same thing is it's mm. a great fucking record. And Julie it Christmas is. is a wildly underrated vocalist. It's incredible. Like made out yeah. of babies is a band that I miss a lot. Mm. Even though they, they only put out a, like a little bit of material, but it's just like, mm-hmm. God, what a fucking and battle of mice. Also fantastic group. Um, oh, yeah. A huge one for me is uh Sumerlands. I don't think it's Summerlands. I think it's Sumerlands, but um, the, uh, yeah, the metal out. group. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they they had an album in eighteen, right? Was it eighteen or yeah. was it nineteen? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, something like that. It was. Um, it had, it's like an orange cover or something. Sixteen is twenty sixteen. No shit. I can't believe it was that long ago. Yeah, fuck. That's a perfect. <laughs> I record. like that album. That is, yeah, that is legit a perfect Queensrykean like. <laughs> proggy trad metal record perfect perfect record so we have some gap then, there we got like a four-year gap between releases five and years, i mean maybe. it's yeah. the dudes from eternal champion who without mm-hmm. without putting too fine a point on it eternal champion put out also one of the best records of of 2020 um if you can get past the the cover i know some people can't some people can not not judging either way there but yeah it's them pivoting back to you know like Queensryche style right. shit. And I'm, oh, I'm all over that. I still jock that first Sumer Lands record like a lot. I'm going to actually listen to that one. tonight that you mentioned. It's been a while for me. I have it in my <laughs> library, but I think it's been a couple years since I've heard it. So good call. Morning. It still slaps. Still slaps. Oh, fuck yeah. I'm sure it does. Yeah, hey, we'll, I've uh, been a little so we behind. Have both. Oh, go, go for oh. it. I was going to mention, I was oh, going to mention Carcass both. if that's what you're going to mention. No, uh, but nope. I'm very happy to talk about Carcass. <laughs> Never a bad time to talk about Carcass. Almost because like, I've sort of lost track. They released a couple singles, and then something was happening with the album turning into an EP, and then what's happening? Like, Can someone fill me in? Uh, the EP did come out. That was... Um, uh, hmm. What was that? That was fucking October. Yeah, Despicable. Uh, yeah, like a but they're going to come yeah. out with... So the... Uh, the- so similar to what happened with Surgical Steel, where um, they had an album's worth of material and, you know, especially for most bands, you record a little bit more than an album's worth and then you yeah. cut from there. They initially intended the rollout to be basically the same as Surgical Steel. You have your record that comes out and a little bit later you have the extra songs that they still finished off in the studio that they still think are pretty good. And then probably sometime later you do a deluxe re-release that has all of it together. But with Corona hitting, they decided to flip the schedule and release the EP of basically songs recorded during the sessions that weren't going to make it to the album. I see. As like mm-hmm. a taster. So that, because obviously they want to tour off of the back of the record. So they mm-hmm. want the record to land closer to when touring will be feasible. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's that's what got shunted here. Apparently, if I remember correctly, I think they kept the same release dates but they just switched what record was coming out on which of the days. Exactly, yeah. Um, What's your guys' thoughts on the EP? I, I liked it. Oddly enough, I think some of the songs I like better than anything off of Surgical Steel. 
Really? Because um, surgical steel is is I'm, I'm now Miss Steel. <laughs> I, I'm like, a little heretical when yeah. it comes to that album because Ooh, I know some people yeah. even go to the extent of saying that's the best Carcass album. And I I, I can see the argument. I, I can kind of see the argument, but yeah, it's not it's it's not for me. Right. I, I thoroughly enjoyed yeah. it. Um I like it even more than which is another band who I think is getting a new album out this year, At the Gates. Their reunion mm-hmm. albums haven't I think they're good, but they haven't like floored me in a way where it's like, oh my god, this is as good as the stuff from the nineties. Yeah. The first yeah, at the gates it's the reunion same for was, for me. Yeah. It was good, but it wasn't wait, like wait. It wasn't it wasn't as cutting edge as that as Slaughter of the Soul. Like it just wasn't. Tell um, me tell me tell me, good. Andrew, that yeah. how did you feel about to drink from the night itself? Tell me now. <laughs> <laughs> you can't see yeah. at home, everyone, but uh, <laughs> did a little Zoom take. Uh, <laughs> you didn't. You didn't use words, Andrew. <laughs> this is not a visual medium right now, at it's least. Good. <laughs> <laughs> God, I love drink from the night. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to fight over that one. Yeah, no, I've, I've been loving the at the gates reunion yeah. stuff, um, like, mostly because what I'm saying I'm is that band is, is great, but they. Slaughter of the Soul was was better than great. It was almost like it was almost like something that has such legendary status. Like, how do you match that? I don't know. We're on a very linear scale at this so, point, and I'm sort of like apples and oranges. It's not right. I, I more or less I'm agree with you. That pricks. band is a great revival. Sort of like we're back in action, and every album they've released has been solid. Um, and the next one will be solid. Other records. Really? That's I'm Ooh, I'm that, that guy. Yeah, I'm that guy. Uh, yeah. You are. Oh. There's always one, right? <laughs> now yeah, that's a tough one. one. Now you're gonna have um, to zoom it's, your it's, camera I mean, in. <laughs> Show me. Okay. It's 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 for pretty obvious reason. I get why why people feel the way they do about it. I don't mean to like attack mm. its legacy or anything, but like I liked the weirdo death metal of like terminal spiritual disease of the red in the sky things like that. Oh yeah. Um, and so I really liked how these contemporary ones have especially to drink from the night itself, which is my favorite of the reunion ones got back like weird, like Gothic death metal, like death metal. That mm. sounds like it's coming out of a rotting Gothic castle. Um, slaughter of the soul felt like you were saying it was cutting edge, but precisely because it was moving away from strict right. death metal into this other. And so like, I don't mean to attack that. I mean, obviously it's, it's legacy speaks to the fact that it resonated with a shitload more people than most death metal does. So like mm. not attacking that at all, but yeah, I've been stoked on this recent thing. It'll be good. They've been on. It'll be damn good. Mm-hmm. The um, oh yeah. One thing I'm looking forward to, and I, you know, the single dropped, or at least the first song, and I think most of us heard it, and we were talking about a particular comparison to a now non-existent band, um, but Ruins of Beverest, uh, and how the new one has quite a bit of type of <laughs> negative to it. I was wondering when we were going to get to this. (laughs) I saw that. I saw that. I saw that feedback come up contemporaneously between like, I can't count how many sources. So it's like, it has to be true. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, and I'm not unhappy with that. I adore typo negative. So, and you know, especially for a band where it's like, you can't see them anymore for, for another band to be like, Oh, we're going to take a little bit of that. I'm perfectly fine with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, to me, I it's still, I haven't listened yet. Yeah. I was just going to say, it still Dude, it sounds it sounds like exactly them. like typo negative. Well, is that almost, well, yeah. no, I, I would, I mean, it doesn't sound, I, I, it's okay. influence. I would not say it sounds exactly like them. And to me, it still sounds like generally what they've been doing the last two or three albums. Um, but it's very clearly been my favorite ones, like a typo influence. There's, I, I can very right. clearly feel it. Is it Which almost like how that before. how that band in I mourning see. is sort of like Opeth, pretty much Opeth worship? And then, did you hear yeah. Barishi's album from last year? It sounded, or was it this year? It sounded just like Inner Arma. I mean, it was like it was like Inner Arma core. <laughs> is it like I, is it that I, sort of I similarity, heard, or is it almost like is it almost like copying? Like, uh, no, it, it's get, not copying it. Uh, so, okay. so this is where I, I this is where I come back to agreeing with Joe. It it's it feels like ruins of. Uh, Beverest nodding at a very clear influence that must have influenced him for a long time, but doing so in a way that like, 
I, I wasn't prepared when I saw people saying like, it sounds like typo negative. I thought it was going to be like, oh, maybe a riff here or like a, no, right. it sounds like typo <laughs> negative. Like it sounds like it's from world coming down or something like that. But it's not a detriment. Um, it's not a, it's not a strike against no. it is what you're saying. I like that. Well, I mean, that's cool. Cause it's a, it's, cause it's a great band and they do the thing that he nods to is not the, like my girlfriend's girlfriend or black number nine is as great as the songs are. He nods to the like big expansive, um mm-hmm. proggy structuralism of of typo negative where they'll have post-punk and then pink floyd bits and then beatles-esque bits and then doom metal and then uh you know death metal or thrash or something and again like what like what joe was saying ruins of everest have also done that so it it makes sense when you're hearing it. you're like oh of course of course he'd like typo negative that, this makes perfect sense i mean and for me be... again i'm yeah. i'm stoked because no hate on rain upon the impure. Great record, but I definitely am more a blood vaults and uh, exuvia kind of guy. Same. So him living in that realm, I'm like, uh, yeah. <laughs> Have to admit though, I see Thule in an album title, and I'm like, mm? Mm? <laughs> please don't make me. Please don't make me Google you ruins. Please. <laughs> Ted, anything else uh, popping? Um, yeah. 2021 no no honestly i'm just kind of like kind of like trying to put almost like a i'm not like seeking it out at this point i'm like yes let's be Mm -hmm. surprised next year when i can not have 2020 attached to this news i guess um (laughs) i think mainly i'm just kind of i really want to go back to going to local shows and like actually being Mm -hmm. experienced music i don't really need you know big bands like i only go to so many of those anyway but like local bands i was going to like you know two or three a month so like be nice to get back into that again just kind of get back out into uh, processing music through a different way than through my headphones. Yeah, that, that's such a vehicle for also discovering new music. I mean, just yeah. being out doing shows like, what's upcoming? Well, it's who's playing. <laughs> um, I, I really adore, though, the response yeah. of like, what are you looking forward to anything in 2021? Uh, no. It's a legit perspective, actually, as, as like a, as a as like a bastardization of like kind of what I think he really meant was sort of like, but it, it almost is legit where it's like, well, yeah, it it's been like such Ted, a rough one. Ted may also be the Buddha. It seems like we may have two Buddhas. He seeks not the future, only the experience of the present. The present. Yeah. Um, yeah. There, but Meanwhile, yeah, there's a lot I'm, of good I'm stuff gonna, coming up. I'm going to be the lame ass and say that I'm stoked for uh, new Megadeth, like a lot. Like I'm very stoked for that. I'm just, I not, do want to hear. I'm just yeah. not stoked to read the lyrics. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, that, that part's going to be bad. Like everyone was like, Oh my God. With the last Megadeth album, everyone's like, Oh my God. It's like the best thing since countdown or it's the best thing since Russ and peace. And I listened to it. And I'm like, Oh shit. Like it's really good riffs. And then just like, you know, again, cause it's not death metal. So you can hear kind of what he's saying. So just, hearing some of the lyrics and then reading some of the lyrics, I'm like, uh, shut the fuck up, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Dave Dave feels like he doesn't think coronavirus is real Uh, and that like QAnon is, is a thing. I'm, this is, uh, I'm just, I'm just slandering the man. Uh, admittedly, I'm just going to tell you the, what I'm just telling lies about this man on purpose, but I feel it's true in my heart. You know, it's weird. I kind of it's fu- it's funny because I feel like the last year, maybe even two, he's kind of shut up a little bit about how because for a long time he's been very outspoken about his yeah. political beliefs. I mean, for even before Trump, like yeah. for a long while, because he he really didn't like Obama, and he was very clear about that, and he was very clear about <laughs> yeah, <he was. laughs> other um, things. Um, but yeah, he's been kind of quiet about it. So I'm curious. Like, and again, I don't mind Dave being political, but, you know, just do it, you know, I don't know, get someone to help him with the lyrics. So it's just a little bit more clever. Um, He he followed the ideal advice more bands should follow, which is you hire somebody. And Mm. before you open your fucking mouth, you tell it to this person and they say yes or no. And it seems like he hired a person to do that. And they're like, nope, that one's vetoed. That one's vetoed. We're not saying that. And like, yeah. nope, nope, we're going to delete this video. No one's going to see it. We're not We're not even going to keep a copy in the archives because this never needs to leak. It's, it's, and that's it's good. More yeah. people should have that. I mean, it's the same thing like with like, you know, Tom Araya. Like both of them have said some dumb shit. But because of who they are, it's like if I were to meet them on the street, I would fangirl the fuck out. 
Um, and, you know, obviously Slayer's gone, but, like, I mean, to see Megadeth live again, like, I don't think I've ever seen Megadeth live and not enjoyed it. Like, they mm-hmm. always put on a great show, and especially when they pull any of the old tracks from, like, the first five albums, I, I go nuts. So, yeah, it's 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 a complicated relationship with Megadeth for me. <laughs> yeah, it's always it always has to be. I think just... Uh, just Dave is a tough, it's, it's tough, you know, yeah. to really, I mean, that's, that's where I, I, sometimes. Can't, <laughs> I can't blame anyone for checking out on the band. Um, because Me I mean, we, we even yeah. have the fair point of like, as uh, gross and like, n- not just problematic, but deeply racist as some like uh, black metal or death metal performers or things like that can be, there is something to be said for the reach that a band like Megadeth has, mm-hmm, even right. if on paper their views seem less pernicious, they perhaps have more impact on the broader world. And so I can, I can follow if people are like, not my thing. Now, one where I can't yeah. follow is apparently we're supposed to be getting a new Metallica album as well. James Hetfield's Shit. been making comments. Uh, I'm glad one of us mentioned that because, yeah, apparently they yeah. have more than an album's worth of material at hand. Um, I will. I will. This may not have made it uh, been made known to to you to you, dear listener, but I I will do anything for Metallica. Anything. <laughs> I will compromise every single part that I hold dear about myself for Metallica. And you want to know why? Because they made Ride the Lightning, they get a life pass. You make Ride the Lightning, you get a life pass. But apparently, only one band can make Ride the Lightning, at least so far. I know. I think I think I know now more than I would have known in the same situation, let's say, a decade ago, five years ago six, seven, eight, so that range, this Metallica album will be great. It will be really good. I feel like I'm confident. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm confident they, that this band uh, can just, can just make it happen this time around. It's going to be good. I, I do think if Kirk doesn't get a song on there, he's going to quit the band. Cause he, <laughs> I remember when the last song came out and he was like, well, I didn't get to put, you know, anything I wrote on there, but you know, it's okay. Like, I feel like he's <laughs> just like on a, a razor edge of like, I don't if know. you guys fuck me over one more time, I swear to God. <laughs> I can never see him leaving Metallica. No, Me I mean, I, I <laughs> can't. I can't imagine that happening. I think he was, he was I mean, just, it could, he was I just guess, a little but. spicy. And, you know, and especially after, I mean, you know, I, I take his side in the whole St. Anger thing where he's like, man, this whole no solo thing is just bullshit. And I'm like, yeah, Kirk, right on. Yeah, he was right. He was right. <laughs> I, mean, right. I mean, we've heard even like to to again we're doing this again to defend saint anger we've heard them play those songs live in intervening years and when you have a decent drum sound when you have james deliberately singing more in key instead of more raw you have more like they've even done tweaks that are like oh these were decent songs that were just destroyed by very bad decisions that everyone but kirk was so sure of i mean i was like guys these are terrible ideas and they're like no we're helping we need to say tick more often in this song yeah yeah I uh, it won't be another Saint Anger situation, is what I think we can all be confident of. Like this yeah, next I, I album think, will be, it'll yeah, be good. Yeah. I think it'll, you know. And I thoroughly enjoyed Hardwired. So if it's anywhere in the realm, it's a great album. Close to that, yeah. same. I, I will be very happy. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, spit out um, the bone. You know, and in, in not even just that in the tile track. Like I enjoyed oh. the more um, mid-paced songs and, and you know them being a bit moody but i mean certainly yeah yeah it, it's a varied album and I, I really enjoy it so looking forward to mm. what they do hey on that bombshell let's yeah. call it i end up talking about megadeth and metallica is like two uh bands uh potentially releasing material in 2021 like that makes for a pretty big fucking year already as, so as, as Anthra- <laughs> anthrax sits in the corner crying that we didn't mention them <laughs> <laughs> Scotty and like fuck I'm you guys. Sorry. I just don't. I just don't like you. That's that's just that. If you were better, I would care about your music. But you aren't. So, well, that concludes our. I guess looking our recap of the future. I'm looking forward to 2021. I guess the highlights of what we're what we're anticipating as far as live music, um, albums, and bands doing their thing. So, thanks for listening.
Thank you for listening. You can subscribe to Screaming Bloody Oranges, the Invisible Oranges podcast, via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podbean, and other streaming services. We'll make a post on our website at www.invisibleoranges.com to accompany the release of each episode. Visit us anytime for more in-depth heavy metal coverage that goes a step above and beyond.